I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high-quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> What's sniffle going on? in my nose? Oh, I just no, you got a snip. It's because I came out, came in from outside. Oh, you're welcome. You're doing enjoying that outside air. That outside I was just bringing my groceries in from uh, in the car. That is a thing. That is a thing. Cool. So, hey, what gu- are you hey doing? guess what? No, what? hey, guess what? What we've got book club babe merch. <gasps> Yes, we do. What? So, so like, this episode will come out on the sixteenth, which means you've only got one, two, three, four, five more days to order before get it. It's shut down. Get it, get it, because it's a pre-order. It. Yeah, yeah, and we don't want people waiting for Evs. No, not for Evs. So we'll do this first round and see how it goes. And mm-hmm. yeah, we we yeah 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 yeah. Go go get you some. Go get yourself a tube. Go get yourself a tote. Go get yourself an enamel pin where 50% of the proceeds go to proceeds go to dogs in need. Dogs and cats. Animals in need. Animals in need. And also you just go to our website, www. Dub, dub, dub. Dubs. Dot. Triple dubs. Bookclubbabes.ca. C-A. We're from the up norths we're from canada yeah go get some merch go go keep your head warm go get also just a heads up you can put a full-blown record in our totes this is true perfectly 
So if, if you're going your to the records, record store, yeah, or you're taking, taking your to a friend's house, or mm-hmm, whatever, we got you covered. You got. Yeah, just need just need a BCB tote. So what you reading? Okay, I I oh, you told me last night that I never said that I finished reading The House in the Pines, so I finished reading that <laughs> forever ago. Like. A billion years ago, but yeah, four stars, four stars. I was reading that around the same time that I was reading the Corey Girls, which I also finished, mm-hmm. which was also good. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished the Family Upstairs, fucked classic Lisa Jewel, and her and her I'm... tiny little teeth. Tiny teeth. That's tea not right. Again, it was. That's not right. Free to go. <laughs> Free to go. <laughs> yeah, that's not right. <laughs> So yeah, I'm reading The Measure, which I've been reading forever, but it's very good. And I'm starting Black Cake for our second book club. Yeah, we go into an in-person book club. I'm nervous. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. What if you don't We got to be smart IRL. Nah, I'll just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And be like, I'm shy. Oh, <laughs> I'm introverted. I say it. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you reading? Tell me. Well, obviously, I'm also reading Black Cake. Mm-hmm. I finished The Woman in the Window. Oh, hell yeah. You called it. I did call it. So I didn't give it like I'm on a twist that's going to like knock my socks off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I called it from the I, I saw it coming from a mile yeah, away, but did. it was good. Still yeah. good. What was the climax like? If you haven't read the book and you want to skip this part, yeah. But what, like, doesn't the neighbor kid like chase her around the house or something? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He like is like surprise. It was me the whole time. I was fucking yeah. with your brain, and I've yeah. always been crazy. Ha ha. And the parents are like not. They're totally normal. He's just like fucking with the. Woman. Yeah, they like adopted him. He's not. They're not his real parents either. Anyways. She leaves the house at one point for some reason. Yes, she does. Why? She leaves at a few the house a few times because she's um feels like she's going crazy. Yeah, she is agoraphobic, but she feels like she's going crazy and nobody's believing her. So she's trying to prove herself, and then she goes outside to follow somebody and blah blah blah. Interesting. Yeah, I like that book. Yeah, good one. It was a good book. Okay. Anyway, anyway, what else? And I literally, literally just started the book that you suggested to me, 100 Years of Lenny and Margot. I just started it while I was putting my groceries away. So I'm too Get ready. In. Get ready in your hearts. Get ready oh, in your no. hearts. You're well, going to cry. Can, You're going to cry. I can 100%. already tell that somebody's terminally ill. So Yeah, that's not a secret. That's You no. can read that on the back of the book. Yeah, yeah. Just get ready. That book was so good okay okay i'm ready i'm ready for it and speaking of uh, touching books touching books just us over here touching books no i meant like touching in your heart like it touches your heart not physically touching touching books i have a feeling that this might be like another kind of touching one with a twist of murder because they're oh, 80 okay. they're a group of eight oh year olds, yes right? they're old though they're old yes. yeah so next month we'll be reading the thursday murder club hell yeah we will which sounds good i'm excited for that one yeah all right well are you reading anything I've... else listening watching no no touching? literally 
No, we had a nice sleepover last night, which was good for the soul. Oh my god, I needed that. So many sleepover for the Kate and Chantel soul. Yeah. Chicken soup for the teenage soul. Yeah, although it was like nerds for the book club soul. The book club (laughs) This is true. (laughs) This is true, yes. So many candy, fruit, nuggets. Mm, my perfect day yeah okay i'm gonna say hi to five unless you have other things going on exciting news anything no no nothing i'm gonna say hi to katie cassandra jan jalen and Anne. hello holy macaroni we just got a little group of peeps it's me Hi. Hi. Um, I love you all. Hi. <laughs> I love you all. Grateful for y'all. Did you see that um I think her name is also Ashley. Her puppy? Mm, yeah. Her golden puppy? Yeah, it's just like this big. Just in your well, hand. It makes me even thinking about it right now, it makes me feel nauseous because it's too cute. Like I don't it's know what to too do. Too cute. My body's just like must puke it's too cute <laughs> too cute i'm gonna puke it's cute. fun okay yeah. let's talk about this book are you ready to shop rakuten's big give week is back get 15 percent back at hundreds of stores and it's all happening this week may 6th to may 13th It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. All right, so this week... This is week three of tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. This week, loved it. We got the title tie-in. We did. Which I was very pleased about. And Mm -hmm. I also shocked about how prominent Shakespeare has played throughout this book. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Okay, so we're reading part six to eight, and I'm starting. So part six is called Marriages. So when mayor times come for marriages, marriages to end, to end. Mm-hmm. chimes and church bells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, so Mayor Mazer, Sam's avatar, is the one who welcomes everyone to Mapletown. Um, so the Samatar, which is what they call Sam's avatar, is modeled after himself, right down to the limp. It's very much him. Um, so by 2009, Mayor Mazer is one of the most recognizable brand characters. I think they, she said in the book, it was like up there with like the Monopoly Man or whatever, and like Coca Cola's mm-hmm. polar bears. And two months after the launch, more than a quarter million people set up Mabel World accounts, which is a lot. That's a lot. 
Yeah. Um, in 2001, they wondered if the world was ready for a soft game like Maple World because it was right after the um, 9-11 attacks. And they decided that they were because they released the game and the world was ready because they wanted an alternative world that was better than their own world currently, which I think is a thing, a common theme for a lot of people who play games, yes. especially like virtual reality world based mm-hmm. games, right? Um, Sam gives a TED talk about Maple World on its 10th anniversary, and he makes mention to, despite everything that transpired at Unfair Games on December 4th, 2005, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what happened? We hear from Dov again, but this time he's letting Sadie know two things. One, he's finally getting a divorce. And two, that he's getting married. <laughs> what the to another former student who is even younger than Sadie. Cool, 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 cool. cool. He wants to let her know that they're all invited. Her and the gang are all invited. And it would mean a lot to him if she showed up. Of course it would. Like, why? Yeah. So, of course, off they go. Road trip. Road trip. Sam casually asks if Marks and Sadie are seeing each other, like, so mm-hmm. casual. It's like, what did you eat for breakfast? Like, are you mm-hmm. guys seeing each other? Like, mm-hmm. no big deal kind of thing. Because he's just, like, super cool and aloof and nothing can affect mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sadie and Marks are thinking, like, how would he know? We've been, like, keeping everything on the down low for months and... Sadie had we found out that Sadie had wanted to tell um Sam, but Marks vetoed it and said no. Um Sadie even said that lying is worse. Um and he find she finds this very out of character for Marks. There's a quote in here that kind of sums up how her and Sam's relationship is going right now. And it's quote, I used to feel the same devotion to Sam before I saw Sam for who he really is. Which Oof. yeah. That's so their relationships still on the rocks, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time Dobbs Redding rolls around, Sam, or sorry, Sadie and Marks had been together for a year at this point, And Sam kind of just is like, well, it's kind of obvious that you guys are together. So yeah or no, Y or N, circle and report back. I mean, in a way, it is kind of rude that they didn't, like, just tell him. Yeah, yeah. I feel like for that long. Yeah. yeah. That's a long fucking time. That's a long time. Yeah. And they're essentially, like, and I hate that when people try to hide something for you because it's, like, you're insulting my intelligence. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this was more for Mm -hmm. you than it was for me because I've known the entire time. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I know. This is, yeah, anyways. Uh, blah 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 on their road trip to dove's wedding they stop at some castle and do like a tour um sadie feels like she's trained herself not to care about Sa- uh, sam's moods at this point but she can sense that he's obviously irritated um sam sadie wants to talk to sam alone sam says to her i might have loved you once um but sadie lets her know that like I care for you still like Mm -hmm. I still care for you doesn't matter if we are 
in love romantically or not mm-hmm. um sam says that he knows that they wouldn't have ended up working out anyways and he's known this for years so like i'm over it essentially mm-hmm. um but then he says to her it's strange that my two closest colleagues which i also highlighted like he's not even calling them his friends, friends. which is interesting mm-hmm. um could keep a secret like that it's arrogant for you to assume that i would even care which interesting um sadie says it's reflecting and contemplating like saying in her head saying like it's easy to hate him but it's hard not to love the boy that's still inside of him so Mm -hmm. i mean when you are so close to somebody 600 and however many hours worth of being with somebody as a kid that would be hard to erase that kid and thought i think of him. that there's just a lot of like sadie has removed herself from sam in a way because it's hard for her to navigate how like how closed off he is because he doesn't share mm-hmm. anything right mm-hmm. and so she's at a point where she's like done because she's resenting him at this point mm-hmm. and it's like she still cares about him but she doesn't want to cater to him. But all he needs to do is like fill her in and be fucking nice. And yeah, they would have had yeah. like a great relationship. But she shuts off. And his response to that is, oh, well, we'll deal with this when the game's done or whatever. Like his priorities exactly. are skewed. Instead of being like, hey, I've noticed things are weird between us. What's going on? Can we have a conversation mm-hmm. and not be defensive about it? Like, <laughs> Uh, it's and it sucks because as the reader you can see their friendship from yes a Meg, like of a course Meg from afar right so you're like yeah yes i can see what's happening uh, yes yes i can see what you guys need to do hello um then of course sam does what he always does and goes for the deep cut and says that she's he's surprised that she would even like him because he's so marks is so boring and sadie's just His like okay hey, best friend <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Who literally took care of him for years mm-hmm. and still does. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't realize it. And we mm-hmm. find out that how much mm-hmm. he still did for them. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, she's like, Kay, thanks, asshole. And he's like, what? It's facts. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the next morning uh, after they stay at a hotel, Sam comes out and he has shaved his head. Sadie figures that there's some sort of message in there out of this action for her, but she can't be bothered to decipher it right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then we find out that for the past little while, it's been all about appearance with Sam. Um, not long after living in California, he changed his name to from Sam to Mazer um in that he only wanted to be called Mazer, not sam anything like he said to sadie i think like you can call me sam in private but in public it's Mazer. and like wow you <laughs> a big douche. yeah well that's not arrogant <laughs> he's asked why he wants to be called Mazer, and he says it sounds like he's some sort of like master builder of worlds and all this stuff and it's just mm-hmm. like okay guy we get it you're pretentious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm uh obviously their relationships working relationship deteriorates even more um sadie's looking to do something new um and she feels like now is the or sorry and then sam feels like now is the perfect time for a new ichigo 
Um, but then Sadie proposes a new game called Master of the Revels. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Sam hates any idea that comes out of her mouth or any game proposal. Sam says he doesn't want any part of her new game and that he she can work on it by herself and she's like perfect that's exactly what I wanted so thanks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's like no you actually can't because there's like something in their like clause mm-hmm. that two partners have to agree and he's like she's like well whatever marks will back me he likes the idea and he's like yeah because he's screwing you like uh there's just it's not good not good never, never. he goes into marks's office mark says that he it is actually a good idea. He really does like the idea of the game. And he tells him that he's pussy blind and that Sadie's just trying to impress people like Dov. So it's just very strained and strenuous. Um, I don't know. I and- don't hate Sam yet. Like, I almost feel kind of bad for him. Oh, I just kind of feel bad for him because he's like obviously experienced some I guess. And like this is giving him a validation that he never would have thought that he would have had. And so he's reacting poorly because that makes sense. Like he's getting all of this crazy validation from someone who thought that he needed to hide his disability. Like, people don't know that about him, or they do at this point, and it almost makes him cooler. So he's just, like, riding that high. I don't know. I don't know. And he probably always thought that him and Sadie would end up together. But now that Sadie is with Mark, that's, like, endgame. He knows how great Mark mm-hmm. is, and, like, he's mm-hmm. best friends with both of them. He probably mm-hmm. can see that they're a match made because they both like right. him so why wouldn't they both like each other kind of thing right and it's like mm. everything's crumbling around around him and he's just trying to like grab on control of something something true i can see that but still oh, no. i don't know i don't know how i feel about him okay 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 that it's just sadie and marks at this point and he asks if she's sure she wants to do the day- game alone um and then sadie makes the comment that they need him Sadie and Sam need time apart again to like each other um, and she wants to do something on her own and something to call hers. Marks um, explains the note about Dov and how like it was him who probably opened the game and like Sam probably never even saw the note and all of this stuff. That was kind and... of an important thing that kind yeah. of rushed over. Yeah, I was surprised, too, because then she's just like, well, that's what pushed it over the edge. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. it, was it could have been me because, yeah. like, I always was like, didn't want Sam walking around yeah. much or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was probably me that put the game in. Like, Sam didn't know. Yes. Yeah. And, like, he cared more about the game than my own well-being. And then he's, Marx is just like, oh, actually, he did worry about you. We talked about it a lot. And she's just like, well, still, like, there's other things. So, like, I don't know how I feel about Sadie or Marx, really. Like, Sadie's a bit (laughs) of a whiny baby. And (laughs) Sam's like, just come on, tell people how you actually feel. Yes. They are very um, complicated humans. And if they ended mm-hmm. up together, it would be very difficult. I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so, too. Yes. In the end, Sadie just kind of ends that conversation just like, I don't want him taking credit for something. She wants something of her own, which I can yeah. appreciate as well. Yeah. Um, they I, end up again, buying I a house. like oh. woman, a woman in yes. her 
expertise field like, yes yeah she knows she's good valid. and yeah I want to yeah. do this yeah, yeah yeah okay so San Francisco has decided to allow same-sex marriages Simon and Ant are hella busy making counterparts high junior year they aren't really thinking about marriage they've just been living their life doing the video game thing but one night, Simon asks Aunt if they should go to San Francisco. Aunt didn't realize that Simon would want to get married. Like, they didn't, he, he didn't know that that was something he wanted. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I never knew I wanted to because it was never an option. Which is just like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day, Simon says maybe they should go now in case the city decides to stop doing it or take it away. Aunt avoids this. Um, we find out that they've been together for six years. They met in a character animation class. Um, Ant wasn't attracted to Simon initially because he wasn't his type and was also obnoxious, <laughs> which happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really start interacting until it was in class and Simon shows the class a project that he had been working on that had um, an ant character and everyone like a literal ant and everyone thinks that it was bad except for ant himself and he tells simon after the class that he liked it and simon tells him that the sexy ant character was based off of him <laughs> sweet woo hey dang and a romance sexy ant <laughs> sexy aunt. look at my six legs yeah i think he had on like a leather jacket and stuff <laughs> like, <laughs> like a badass ant i'm a badass ant <laughs> um so then we're back to reality um and they asked marks to come along with them to san francisco as a witness and Sadie gets with this and she decides to come too and then Sam hears what they're doing and he's like well I gotta come Mondefate. too Mondefate <laughs> that ain't right that ain't right you're free to go <laughs> free to go okay so they get to San Francisco there's a big ass line all the way around the city hall it starts to rain Sam and Sadie are the ones I don't know why they're the ones that decided mm. but they're the ones that decide to go off to find umbrellas they end up finding some that are like gigantic golf umbrellas and they're like trying to do two on the sidewalk and they're too big. So then Sadie's like, you got to just join with me. And mm-hmm. she takes Sam by the arm and he interprets this move as improved relations. <laughs> like not one little thing. Mm-hmm. Is, eh. mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he tells her he's seen some of the Master of the Revels work and he compliments her on the color scheme that she's chosen she asks him, quote, so you don't think Master of the Rebels is the worst idea ever and it's going to single-handedly destroy our company? And Sam simply shakes his head. No. <sighs> Four hours later, Simon and Aunt are the 211th couple to be married that day. Cute. I like that. Um, they go out for dinner. Simon makes a toast and he says... I didn't write it down because I couldn't, I know I couldn't pronounce it, but his favorite German word, and it means, quote, the feeling of being alone, even when you're with other people. And he says that to the table, and then he turns to Ant, and he says, I haven't felt that way since I've been with you. Which is just very cute. I love them. That's sweet. That's sweet. 
Uh, sometime later, the California Supreme Court declares that San Francisco overstepped and their marriage licenses are now void, which is really Boo. fucking cool. <laughs> Boo. Just so rude. Why does it matter? Why does yeah. it matter? Yeah. Uh, oh, this- it's, it's just crazy reading a book from like it's yes. not long ago but it feels so long ago yeah for right like people's human rights yes. kind of thing yes. it's crazy anyways totally. sorry totally and i couldn't imagine how that would feel like yeah so anyway this whole li- license is now now being void devastates aunt he ends up spending an entire week in bed and sadie is the one that finally goes to see him which is cute because she understands mm-hmm. Uh, Sadie tells Marks and Sam that she thinks that there should be marriages in Maple World. Um, she's saying, like, what's the point of having our own world if we can't write injustices within it? It will be the only place that some people can get married. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I write OMG because they decide to have a virtual marriage ceremony within Maple World for Simon mm-hmm. and Anthony and Sam is ordained IRL and conducts the ceremony in the game and then he yeah. asks if anyone else wants to get married and I think like over 200 people decide to get married within the game which is just like so cute um, then we find out some Maple World stats in the following week. 50,000 people canceled their Maple World accounts based on being fucking the worst. And 200,000 join. So you lose some. Um, Sam does make a decision and he said he thinks that the game should be political and he's letting the virtual world reflect the real world, but minus the violence. Um, and he starts getting a bunch of hate mail because he's Mayor Mazer. Everybody thinks that it's him. Um, mm-hmm. and he's responding to all of the mail, but mm-hmm. he gets a bunch of hate mail. So, Interesting. Yes. Sam gives Sadie a dingle. She's he's like, yo, Master of Revels is great. The art stunning. Everything the best. <laughs> he tells her it's the best thing that she's ever made. <laughs> Sam Sadie doesn't didn't realize that she still cared about what Sam thinks of her work, which Ooh. yeah. So we find out a little bit about the game. I won't go too into it, that the game is played from the view of multiple characters, kind of like both sides was one character, but you played like along two paths. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, And they're all linked in some way to the murder of somebody named Christopher Marlowe. Um, And it's essentially an interactive murder mystery. Um, Of course, the game is still linked to Sam um, and there's more opportunity for the game though. If Sam is involved in the promotion um, because he's significantly more famous, which he's got that clout. Mm-hmm, he does. Uh, um, Sadie of course is surprised when he's more than willing and happy to help, which I'm like, come on. Are you serious? Like, of course, he's going to be happy to help. He wants to go and get that publicity. He or wants maybe that. he genuinely uh, wants to help Sadie and promote the game. Like, I don't know. 
You don't think don't he does? I don't know. We were talking about this last night about how is he really a nice person or not? Yes. 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 Okay. Um obviously Sadie's hesitant, but um they kind of come to an agreement that they'll make it a point to tell everyone that it's clearly Sadie's game and this appeases her. So they're out on the road for promo. Um, Sam is keeping his word, though everybody is still more interested in Sam um, or if they're a couple or not. So that's like really just, ugh, that would be awful. That would be awful. Like, oh, so he made the game? Or, oh, what, Mayor Mazer, blah, 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 let me suck your penis. And then they're like, no, it's Sadie's game. Oh, are you guys in, like, love? Oh, no, you guys are fuck. married. Oh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm an independent right woman now. doing my own independent mm-hmm. things. Yes. He's just yeah. here for the show. Mm-hmm. 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 So, during the promo, Sadie is vomiting quite frequently. Sam asks if she's pregnant. Um, she says it's either a mixture of food poisoning, motion sickness. She's just not having good luck this promo mm-hmm. tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, plus, it's not morning sickness. I can't be pregnant. It's all day. Like, I'm feeling sick all day. It's not just <laughs> in the morning. Like, apparently that's pregnant. how pregnancy work that's yes, i'm not pregnant because that's how it's only it's on it's all day it's not anyways <laughs> um they end up agreeing there was like an accident on booking and they end up agreeing on sharing a small hotel room together which i think kind of brings them back kind of closer together mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is good and like this whole promo is um but we find out that sadie is definitely pregnant so one month later, they're at a photo shoot in New York City, and they hear some news about some shooter at a tech company. Um, they're like, well, that's fine, because Unfair is not a tech company. Like, it's a game gaming company, mm-hmm. so it's not us. That's fine. But, like, a better check-in and make sure everybody's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she sees – then Sam sees that he's missed a f- bunch of calls from Mark's. And then when he tries to call back, it goes straight to voicemail. So he tries calling the office line directly, and there's no answer there either. So Sam tells Sadie what's going on, and Sadie texts Marks. And it's interesting, but texting wasn't popular then. It said that they had probably only exchanged a handful of texts because they were either always together or they would call each other. Um, So she texts him and he doesn't, rather she calls him and he, he doesn't pick up. So she texts him and she says, are you okay? And he says, I love you. All okay. Just kids talking T-O-H. And she's like, I'm not up on the abbreviations. I don't know what T-O-H means. And Sam mm-hmm. is like tamer of horses which is his like bit right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was like originally like a joke about how he was so boring because it was his Mm -hmm. favorite line from fucking Macbeth or Hamlet or whatever yeah Yeah. 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 and uh then it kind of just became like who he was Mm -hmm. and yeah take it away (laughs) okay hold on to your seat sorry I'm tried my best to summarize it is not my strong suit i'm trying 
Just the okay, main points. Is, just the main points. Just the main Okay. It is part seven, and this is called NPC, which I knew what that we meant because I have a friend slash colleague who plays a game, and she has talked about NPCs before, and it's a non-playable character. NPC! You... Okay. So, you are flying. The person is a winged creature, but they've been shot and somebody is holding your hand. So then you realize that you are not actually a bird. That means that you're on some awesome drugs. <laughs> then the person feels sad that they can't fly anymore. Or that they actually can't fly in real life. They're realizing like, okay, this is real life. I'm. This isn't a dream. I'm not. There's something going on. Um, and then they feel sad that they never did LSD with Zoe either. So now we know we're talking about Marks. Mm-hmm. Their next thought is that you're dying. Then we find out, in fact, that they're not dying, that you're 31 years old. You are at work. At, you work at Unfair Games and that your name is Marks. And currently you're a citizen of a hospital, but there's a machine breathing for you. You're in a coma and you can't remember how you ended up in the hospital, which is strange because you have such a great memory. And then you go back to the day that you met Sadie and he can like remember every single detail. Um, so then he realizes that he's deciding not to remember how all of this started. But then he starts at the beginning when he's meeting with somebody named Charlotte and Adam and they're pitching a game. and we find out that this Charlotte is kind of like got a crush on Sadie and she's like a big fan. She even knows solution and everything like Mm -hmm. that. Marks can see the wanting and like the hope in their eyes. And he feels like this is the best part of his job being able to like help people's dreams Mm -hmm. come true, which Mm -hmm. is cute. Um, And after the meeting, he's, walking them out of the building and then he hears a loud noise um but he's like la is loud he would never think that it was a gunshot Mm -hmm. um that made that noise and then he gets a call from reception and he their receptionist can he can tell that their gordon is very not his usual self and Mm -hmm. he's like somebody's here to yeah someone's here to see mazer which everybody knows that they're out of town. So that is very uncharacteristic. And he's just like, okay, answer yes or no. Uh, Do you need me to call the police? Yes. Do they have a gun? Yes. Is there more than one of them? Yes. Are you hurt? No. Um, Which is, that's terrifying. I'd be terrified. Mm -hmm. Ah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Marx is like, all right, I'll be right down. Yeah, be right down. Um, so he's trying to go downstairs and aunt tries to go with him. Of course, Marks won't let him. And he asks his assistant, or he gives the, um, portfolio of the game Charlotte and Adam were in to pitch to his assistant with a note on it for Sadie that says, um, let me know your, tell me your thoughts. And then he goes and runs downstairs. (laughs) Well, he tells everybody to barricade themselves onto the roof exactly yes oh god okay um there's some talk about sadie and their life and how he would want to be his her husband but she doesn't believe in marriage and blah 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 all that stuff 
we find out that Marx has been placed into a medically induced coma and that he's been shot three times, once in the thigh, once in the chest, and once in the shoulder. Um, We find out that his lung, kidney, and pancreas have been damaged and the bullet is just chilling in his intestines essentially until he's like stable enough to operate. And he can hear all of this. So he finds out that his chances of survival is good, which gets your hopes up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then flashback to his memory of what happened. He's in the lobby and there's two white kids. One's holding Gordon at gunpoint and the other one has the gun pointed at Marks and they want Mazer. Um, one of them says that they don't want to hurt anybody. Um, so, um, Marks can tell, like, he might have some time and might be able to talk these people down essentially, Mm -hmm. um, and says that Mazer's not here, uh, but let's call him and like, he'll let you know, like, we'll get this all sorted out. No problem. Mm -hmm. Of course, no fault. No, we know that he doesn't answer the phone um we he tries to get them to let gordon go um saying that he's an npc essentially trying to like get the gamer lingo in there um and then they call him an npc marks an npc which is not the first time he's been called that fuck okay uh, so then this is to another memory at a different time Sam is drinking, which is surprising to Marks, and he's clearly drunk. This was um, when they were on. I I took this mm-hmm. as when they were on the road, right? Yes, the they dogs. were. Yes, yeah. this is when they were at the on the way to the wedding. Um, so, um, Marks doesn't know like how Sadie and him started dating. It just kind of happened, like it was natural. Um, Sam says that he doesn't give any fucks about him and Sadie um he says that what him and Sadie have is more than what him and Marks will ever have like her and Marks will ever have um and that he's an unimportant character and that he's an NPC in their game essentially so fucking rude yes so So rude. rude Yes. Um, but then Marx has like a thought during that time that no game there's like no game without an NPC, like mm-hmm. how and he is essentially yes, yeah. exactly. Um, he says to him, like, you're not my dad. I wish I never met you. Sadie doesn't belong to you, like all of these things. It's just like he doesn't angry. yes, he's, he's angry. And he's like adamant. Yes, he is. And he is adamant that she belongs to him. Marx is like, she doesn't belong to anybody. And Mm -hmm. he's like, yes, she belongs to me. Like, Mm -hmm. he's at, anyways. Um, He's like, doesn't understand, still spitting more venom, like you said. What's so great about playing house together? Um, Why can't you belong to the person you share your work with and like nobody loves me? Wah, wah, wah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Marks, of course, because he's a great man, Marks takes him to his room. Arguably the most redeemable character in the book. (laughs) Honestly, truly, truly. 
He still helps him to his hotel room. Mark, uh, Sam is vomiting. He's taking a long time in the bathroom. So Mark, of course, goes in and helps him. We find out that Sam is cutting his hair off in a a moment of weakness essentially mm-hmm. he's having a bit of a break mm-hmm. and of course marks helps him with his hair and says not to tell sadie classic sam yep okay back into the lobby at unfair games um they're making gaming small talk marks is like hey do you want a snack like trying to get them to be calm um and then we find out the person who doesn't who's kind of like seems like they're being brought along which we find out they are being brought along speaks up and tells marks that his wife married a woman in maple town and now she's left him in real life for the person she met in maple town and of course because this person has no brain blames mazer for all of this interesting Hold on. Interesting parallel, just hearing you speak about it, but Sadie or um, Sam thought that Sadie belonged to him in the same Mm. way that this shooter thinks that his wife belonged to him. That's Mm. weird because if you didn't feel like Mm. people belonged to you, you wouldn't feel like you need to go to the lobby of a game company and shoot the person. Blame it all on a certain person. Exactly. Yes. So, of course, we find out the other guy who's with him, who just told the guy who's very mad, um, secret, um, he is along for the ride because essentially they're BFF. So he felt like he had to go. And also he is a bit homophobic. So he's like, I don't really love like anybody Mm -hmm. can marry anyone. So Marx realizes that the goal is for them to kill Mazer, but he's not here. So you guys should probably just go home, like call it a day, cut your losses, like head home. Nobody's hurt. It's, I'll it'll call be you fine. when he's back. <laughs> exactly. Call me when he's back. <laughs> truly, truly. But of course, they demand to see the office when they get there. Like everybody's already escaped. The guy is like essentially starts crying and then Marks tries to comfort him, which pisses him off and tells him to get off of me. We find out the guy's name is Josh. Aunt enters. He comes looking. Josh is convinced that Aunt is Mazer. So then he starts shooting and Marks, being the man that he is, jumps in front of the shooting there's five shots one hits and three hit marks and the shooter dies by suicide sadie and marks are talking about sadie's pregnancy they end up doing a list of pros and cons costs and benefit work-life balance that they would be able to achieve and Sadie was on the fence, so that's why Marks did all of this. And Sam and Sadie then agree that they want to keep the baby. Marks, Marks uh, and Sadie. Marks yes, and Sadie sorry. Agree. Marks and Sadie, sorry. Fuck, I hate it when they do a Sadie and a Sam. Close <laughs> name. Fuck. Shit. Piss. Okay. Yeah. Sadie wants to keep her baby. And they then from then on start calling it Tamagotchi, Watanabe, 
green which is so cute marks realizes that it's christmas time so that means he's been in a coma for three weeks and now his mom and dad are here and they're together which means things must be bad Mm. um they're making cranes together um and then sam comes in and gets to meet marks's mom which we find out her, her name is also Anna Lee, which mm-hmm. Marks never mentioned to Sam. Which is interesting. Marks felt, yes, Marks felt like it was fate and that they had become brothers at the moment that he found out that Sam's mom's name was also Anna Lee. Sam then help, ends up helping um, Marks's mom fold cranes. Sadie comes in one day and tells him that her game is the best selling game in America. Like things are going well, and like, oh, it's so sad. Um, Marks can also hear that Aunt is out of the hospital and that he's going to be okay, and that Gordon has even stopped by. Um, part of Marks, like in a thought of like kind of like ungenerosity is what he called it was that he wished that he had left mark or left gordon and went onto the roof which i think is a fair feeling i think anybody would have that feeling yeah yeah and i wonder like because they weren't there for gordon and they Mm -hmm. knew that gordon wasn't sam so Mm -hmm. if they had have left gordon and then they had have gone to the second floor nobody was there would they have just left maybe yeah true true like, true uh, uh. um marks then says that video games don't make you violent they make you think that you can be a hero which is interesting mm-hmm. zoe then shows up and tells him that he better be okay and that he lo- she loves him because he's a sweet the sweetest friend she's ever had and then there's just this quote that I loved that love is both is both constant and variable at the same time, which that's true. <laughs> okay. Then Marx hears that he's going to die and that the doctors are telling his parents, but Marx believes that the game is only over if you stop playing. So he's we're having like a glimmer of hope that maybe he can fight through if they mm-hmm. like stop taking the measures they're keeping to take, keep him alive. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in this time he can feel it. His brain is starting to slow. Okay. Sorry, everybody. Um, the tamer of horses has evolved over time into a loving joke. Um, and he's just like living passively he's wondering if living passively has always been the best option. Like he's good at producing, but does he wish that he could have like done more to like make a name for himself or, mm-hmm. you know, cause he kind of fell into this role. So he's mm-hmm. wondering what life could have been, but he knows that helping people is his main goal and brings mm-hmm. him the most joy. So Sam Sam and Sadie are holding his hands as she tells him that it's okay to let go and then his brain attaches from his bo- detaches from his body. Um 
he reflects on a time when they're in a peach orchard with everybody they're eating peaches and then he's in a strawberry field which I wonder is like a throwback to the strawberry thief thing mm-hmm. um uh, he knows that he's dead and it he gets a screen saying do you want to start from the beginning and he's like yeah sure let's start from the beginning and then there he is again he's a bird he sees the strawberry field but he knows it's a trap so he keeps flying this next chapter i said this to you yesterday but Mm i i like had whiplash from this chapter because i genuinely was like oh i don't think he's dead like, I think that mm-hmm. this is just, like, a teaser. Like, he's going to mm-hmm. wake up sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He does not. So the entire no. time I was, like, waiting. Like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So part eight. This this part is called Our Infinite Games. So the first time that Sam saw Marks die was in 1993 when Marks was in Macbeth. Um, they were new roommates at the time. And Marks asked Sam to run lines and be the murderer. Um, Sam didn't want to get to know Marks and vice versa, but he especially didn't want Marks to know about his, quote, disability. Um, Mark convinced him, Marks convinced him to run the lines with him, and so he does it, and he actually finds it fun to pretend to do this, and he notices while he's doing this that his foot doesn't hurt. Marks asks if he's acted before, and he tells Marks about his mom. He opens up. Um... Sam isn't sure when him and Marks became friends, but he thinks that that night could have been the beginning, and so he uses that as his point, and he calculates that they had 4,873 days of friendship, and he Aww. says that that's about six months more than he knew his mom for. Once when Sam was 15, he asked his grandma how they were going to get through this when his mom died. She says they just did it, but she would talk to Anna sometimes. This is Sam's grandma. She knew her so well. Oh, this makes sense. This is where Mm -hmm. that's coming from. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Suddenly it makes Mm -hmm. sense. But she tells Sam that she knew her daughter so well, Sam's mom, she could carry on conversations in her mind. She says, quote, there are no ghosts, but up here it's a haunted house, which I loved. Mm Mm-hmm. She tells Sam that it's time for him to learn to drive, and he confides in his grandma that he's a little scared. Mm-hmm. Are you tearing Fair up? Enough. It's sad. It's sad. <laughs> I'm sad. sad. I'm pissed. Honestly, I'm pissed. I'm pissed and sad. <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting that. Like, mm-hmm. I was not expecting Marks to die. Like I said, mm-hmm. arguably the most redeemable character in this book, and he dies. There better be a good point because, like, if the story could have carried on with him, yeah. I'm so what I got. <laughs> so what I got. That ain't right. That ain't right. You're free to go. <laughs> Sam gets a ringle on the phone. It's Simon. a Pringle. He's like a Pringle on the phone. A Pringle. He's like, a Pringle chip. A Pringle. Crankus. <laughs> it's Crankus. <laughs> Sam gets a ring on the phone and it's Crankus, and he's all like. Mary Crankus. We- <laughs> Mary Crankus, everybody. <laughs> Simon's all like, so are we going back to work or like do we even still have jobs? <laughs> um, so at this point, Sam's like, what would Marks do? 
call back to grandma um and he says yes truly what would mark what would marks do he's just like i'll talk to sadie and then i'll let you know what's going on um he's kind of just like pissed at sadie though because she's she's told him like well just do whatever you want like i literally don't care and he wants to respond with like i wish i could stay in bed like you are and i just want to be on drugs for a year and turn my brain off but unlike sadie who's still not answering her phone or responding to emails i need to get shit done because that's what marks would do i'm angry because she told him what she wanted she said i don't want to be at that building Mm -hmm. she told him the one thing that she wanted and he was like well that's Mm -hmm. not happening so she's Mm -hmm. like fine do whatever you want and he's pissed that she's so removed but she told him like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep this is true okay so she tell he sam tells her that i'm going to the office this day and whatever i'm gonna go and see what it's like because nobody's been in there for like three or two or three months he starts making a list the first thing is to remove the shrine that's out front of the office second is to get new locks and three is to get new security four the plants have died so they need new plants he sees the bullet hole five is to fill the the hole and then six is to clean the floors where marks was shot he goes into Marx's office first and starts going through the contacts. Um, he calls like the cleaners and all of that stuff. And then he calls their accountant and he lets them know that, well, you guys are a little cash poor because that office set you back a lot, but it'll be worth it in the long run. And then at that moment, Sam's like, yeah, but what if I don't want to do the long run thing right now? Mm-hmm. He goes into his office next and then sees all the destruction and he knows that the men wanted to kill him and settled for Marks instead. Sadie even had a moment when like she was yelling at him and like hitting him saying like they wanted you, they wanted you, they wanted you, which oh my god. Okay, that's heartbreaking. Um, seventh on his list is to get rid of all the Mazer junk, which is interesting. Like, he's One second, just like, sorry, oh, I just yeah. had, a, I just had a thought, but she, and, and I don't know when it comes back up, but she's pounding on his chest saying they wanted you, but she has guilt because it was her idea to do same sex marriage in Maple World. So that would be so complicated mm-hmm. and so complex. Mm-hmm. Like that would, yes. true (laughs) that is oh my god okay so sadie calls sam while he's in there and she asks him what it's like and to describe it to her um he explains that there's like a large blood stain on the floor and that don't worry he's gonna get it cleaned and she's like what if i don't want it clean we can't erase him let's just move kind of thing and sam's Mm kind of just like well we can't really do that we don't have any money essentially to do that um and then she says to him is it that we can't move or do you just not want to what's gonna what is this like suiting your agenda or not like Mm -hmm. what's your Mm -hmm. your game here and he just says to her that he just doesn't want their company to close because that's what marks would have wanted 
So then he adds another um, to do on his list. And that is Sadie to get Sadie, I guess, on board or happy, whatever. So then next Charlotte calls and it's just like, um, hey, by chance, I know this is hard for you right now, but like, also I need those drawings back when I was meeting with Mark. So like, could I just, could you send those over? Yeah, take a look. And Sam is obviously like, do you not know what's going on? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Hang up. And then he decides that he's going to leave the bullet hole in the wall. Okay, so Sadie has left a woman named Maury in charge of the Master of the Rebels expansion pack. Um, However, she is unreachable and she has been working from home and this pisses Sam off. He texts her because she won't answer any of his phone calls and she says she'll phone in later because Maury needs some help Uh, and she doesn't and she doesn't come into the office anymore either. So then we got a little flashback on the first day that the office reopened. Sam asked Sadie to come in and they met outside of the office. Um, He had this vision of doing like a like pep talk between the two let's go we yeah we rally the troops yeah rally the troops kind of thing um it was the first time when they met outside the office it was the first time that sam could visibly see that she was pregnant uh sam says hi to her and you can tell that she starts panicking it's like i think she's having a panic attack she ends up throwing up in front of the building um she's literally just like i can't go inside She's six months pregnant at the time, which would just be fucked, like so fucked. Um, So she leaves and Sam's like, well, there's vomit outside and I don't want to ask my assistant to do that. So he goes outside and he cleans up the vomit. And while he's doing that, he's thinking about what he should say to the employees. And he's wondering, what would Mark say? Um, this is a new, I wrote, this is a new common theme for Sam because he's constantly thinking, what would Marks do? Like, how can, mm-hmm. how can I be Marks? And mm-hmm. he's realizing, I think he's realizing at this point too, how much Mark's actually fucking dead. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Sadie tells Sam that she's going to take her mat leave early. She doesn't answer any of Sam's calls. He goes over to her house. I think Alice is there painting the baby's room, but she calls mm-hmm. the baby the parasite, which was an interesting yep. little mm. thing. Uh, Sam says some really awful fucking stuff to Sadie about how she's not the only one grieving and she's not the only one who's ever had a baby. And instead of reacting, she just begins to weep, which makes sense because that's fucking awful you do mm. not get to dictate how somebody else grieves and you especially don't get to belittle their grief to their face right after the father of their baby and unborn their baby other, unborn oh baby their significant other and business partner has literally been shot yeah you, you don't get to say that shit sam <laughs> anyway <laughs> so she starts to cry and she says she can't go to the office And he tells her she's weaker than he thought, which is also not something that you should fucking say to someone who's being vulnerable and honest with you. Uh, And while he's on his way out. Pick a note, fucking Sam. Right? And while he's (laughs) on his way out, she tells him to never come back there again, which I was like, God, yes, she needs to have like a boundary with Mm -hmm. him, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Sadie ends up finishing the expansion pack one week before she gives birth. 
and it was released on time, but Sam couldn't bring himself to play it. Hmm. Something this, this comes back to what we were talking about last night, where it's like, is Sam inherently a good person or not? Because I was thinking, oh, well, maybe he'll be redeemable once he tries to take on like more of Marx's characteristics and that could be good. And you were like, yeah, but I just don't think he's a good person. Like at his yeah. core. I don't I, think at his core. No, I do maybe think he... that I agree yeah. with you because what kind of a good person does that to their the woman they're in love with? Like, and when you're in a heated conversation and don't have time to quote unquote think, what would Marx do? Yeah, he's just always going to default back to the deep, whatever yeah. the deepest and harshest thing he can say. Yeah, because like, if you are truly are. a nice person, yeah, those thoughts wouldn't come first. Like, how can no. I hurt this person the most? No, no, or like, what can I say to get this person to do what I want them to do? Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. essentially what he wanted, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he's putting his business at the first like at the forefront of this mm-hmm. which i understand but at the same time no <laughs> that person she's been with you since like your beginning of your yeah. not beginning of your life but like your new life without your mom essentially like oh anyways oh so like mm-hmm. he thinks that he has the monopoly on grief i've been through it i should know and i'm doing fine so why aren't you and she's like uh. yes but are you actually doing fine because yeah. you can't talk yeah. to anybody apparently yeah. so yeah. okay awesome. this is just a quickie we find out that naomi watanabe green was born in july and oh. sam is wondering if he should visit sadie and the baby but he doesn't really want to because what if the baby looks like Mark's, which yeah, it might selfish. obviously. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So then Sam feels like what he, he ends up doing what he could do for like as much as he could do from her, but all from afar. Mm-hmm. When the counterparts high series, the last one is finished being debugged. Sam or Simon tells Sam that it deserves a party. So again, Sam realizes how much effort it is to throw a party, which is stuff that Marx used to do. So he hires a party planner to do that for him. Um, he still checks in with Alice instead of Sadie to find out how Sadie's doing. And Alice tells Sam that Sadie has postpartum depression on top of her regular depression. And so she is struggling. Um, Sam thinks about going to her house like he used to do when or like he did that one time in college but he doesn't instead he's focusing on running their business that is something I hate about people people who think about doing something but they don't do it just because you thought about it doesn't make you a good person like you Mm. have to follow through (laughs) that is the like literally Mm. like oh I saw this cute thing it reminded me of you I was gonna buy it but I didn't and you're like okay what is the whole point of that story yeah um thanks (laughs) like do you want me to think you're good because you thought of me like pick a picture nice story yeah hey this reminds me of you lol (laughs) yeah (laughs) gonna buy it but i didn't (laughs) okay so they throw the party uh it's like a big old party there's i'm not gonna go into it a lot of detail but sam ends up needing a minute alone so he slips into sadie's office but aunt is already in there they end up looking through the Our Infinite Days proposal that they find on Sadie's deaths together. 
uh aunt likes it and sam says he's going to review it and then as he picks up the folder the post-it not note falls off that said s tell me your thoughts m um and sam suddenly has a memory of the woman who phoned looking for these drawings uh sam and aunt have a little chat sam thanks him for coming back and aunt asks sam how he's doing and he says it's probably been the second or third worst year of his life and aunt comments that he must have had some outstandingly shitty years and sam agrees (laughs) uh the party carries on on the way home sam drives past sadie's house and parks outside he sends her he sends her some text messages he tells her about the game and that Marks wanted her to make the game too. And she simply responds with, Sam, I can't. Like, it's like he does not comprehend. Like, he's not getting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam ends up meeting with the Worths, who are the ones who want to make our infinite games. He ends up saying to them, why don't you tell me how you see it? Which is a callback to when Sam and Aunt were talking. Aunt says that this is one of the first things that he remembered. Mark's asking him and Simon about their game. So he's trying to be Mm. Mark's. Mm -hmm. He's trying. Okay. It's been 500 days since Mark's was shot. That's when they start working on our infinite days. Um, Sam has moved them into Sadie's office and he reflects that both of his partners are now gone. Charlotte is playing Sadie's expansion and she is when Sam comes in and she's remarking on her use of the blood, which I wonder is a callback to Dov. And um, Sam admits that he hasn't played the expansion yet. And Charlotte explains that she thinks there's an Easter egg in the game, which Sam thinks is surprising because Sadie hates them. Um, it ends up being a tribute to Marx and that Marx is on stage as Macbeth, which is he okay. To be he always wanted to be Macbeth. Okay. Um, he ends up uh, reciting the tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow monologue from Macbeth. Call tie-in. Tie in, and we find out that Marx had suggested that um, their gaming company had been called Tomorrow Games. Even so, he loved that mm-hmm. monologue from mm-hmm. from Macbeth. There is a also a, another quote saying, um, "No loss is permanent because nothing is permanent," mm. which is also very like, okay, shit's getting real here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a lot for Sam to watch and take in. So he leaves and he's just like, uh, thanks, I guess. And like mm-hmm. pieces out to Marx's office. And then obviously Charlotte's like, shit, uh, maybe I shouldn't have shown him that. And I'm like, uh, you think <laughs> like, oh, dear. She knew. She uh, knew what she was showing mm-hmm. him. Exactly. She knew. Give her some brownie points. Yes. But I think it, well, we'll see if it backfires. Um, Obviously, Sam is confused. He's trying to figure out what he's feeling. But what she doesn't know, Charlotte doesn't know, Sadie's voice is in the game. And she feels, he feels that Sam, it's talking to Sam directly, which it's not. Come on, Sam. Come on. Let her have a tribute to the father of her baby. 
Honestly, honestly, honestly. So then in that moment, Sam feels hopeful. Of course he does. Okay. He ends up picking up some of Sadie's old games and starts playing the re-release of Oregon Trail. Um, He's remembering the days that they would play together in the hospital. And then he asks out loud to a Sadie that's not there. Hey, Sadie, what about making the Oregon Trail but online? And then Sadie responds and says... Um, yes, but keep it simple, Sam. That's like how you make your games great. Um, and then he's like, hold on, I'm taking, I need to take notes. And he says that he's missed this. For him to do it with someone who has passed is one thing, but to do it with someone who's still alive is kind of fucked. Yeah. It's like he'd rather talk to the Sadie in his head than try to like make amends with the Sadie who's still alive. Mm-hmm. Like, where does I, his value lie? Uh, honestly, I feel like that is it's fucked because he could literally just go and talk to the person, mm-hmm. write an email, anything to try mm-hmm. and just get in there. Hey, what are your thoughts? I'm thinking this. I know. Or even she's made it very clear. She can't do work stuff. Like, yes. Hey, just let it go. Do you need anything? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Instead, this way he gets to make his own narrative and get the answers that he wants from her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is complicated. I'm still hoping something about Sam. Like, I hope there's some redemption. It's it's complicated because I feel empathy mm-hmm. for him and Sadie and any of the characters that irritate me because mm-hmm. then but then like I think I said it in the Facebook group like then I just want to slap them the next thing I read about them it's just like <laughs> yeah. come on like first I cared about you now I want to slap yeah. you now I feel bad for you again yeah yeah it's it's a it was a bold choice to kill off like mm-hmm. the best character mm-hmm yeah what are we gonna do in this end part without marks is that gonna bring sadie and sam closer together or further apart Mm -hmm. so far it's further apart Mm, very far apart the division i guess we'll just have to keep reading i'm excited to start reading okay i gotta go read yeah i gotta go read okay see you in the facebook group also buy our merch okay goodbye yeah bye okay Bye. Peace out, A-Town, downtown. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, bye! bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.